A reader lives a thousand lives before he dies. The man who never reads lives only one. George R. R. Martin from A Dance with Dragons. Hello, friends, and welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Nason. Our show features not only the hottest authors, but also introduces our listeners to exciting new authors who talk about themselves and their latest work. The show today features two men who are both adventurers. Each author shares hair-raising encounters right here on Inside the Writer's Cafe. Stay tuned and find out more. Joining me now to talk about his book, Turtle Rider, is Craig Wooten. Craig, welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe. Hi, thank you very much. As I was reading the book, I thought, is this about your life and your adventures? Oh, yeah, that's all true. Everything in there is a... Uh, I probably could write two more books with all the other adventures. These are just a few of them. Well, what inspired you to write it now? Actually, my son, believe it or not, I'd had people tell me through the years, actually 20 years ago this year, uh, an old friend of mine listening to my story said, you should write a book. And, and I just never really was confident enough in myself. And I heard it again a few years later. And then just before my son went off to college five years ago, I told him a story he hadn't heard before. And he goes, Dad, you have to write a book. And so I had made notes, you know, kind of jotted things for a while, but I that really got me started. That made me get up and actually get down and write is what it made me do. So they always say, just sit your butt down and write. Right. And it's not as easy as it sounds, is it? No, it isn't. It's, it's a little bit stressful because you get into it. You start, you want to keep going. You don't want to stop, you know, and you're trying to go and you never think you're going to finish, but yeah, you, you'll get there if you just push. Well, I'm curious about the title, Turtle Writer. I noticed that it's also the title of one of the chapters. Tell me why you chose that for the title of the book. Well, actually, believe it or not, it was my wife's idea. She, we couldn't come up with a title. I had all kinds of names. And I've, I've ridden wild horses, you know, herd cattle. I've ridden whales. I've ridden dolphin. And I, I rode this giant Galapagos turtle off, well, off the Galapagos Islands. And we were actually riding back, getting ready to go to America the next day to get this book all finished up. And she just came up, well, you know, why don't you make it Writer of the Turtles? And you've written all these other things. And I go, that's it, Turtle Writer right there. (laughs) (laughs) Is the chapter about your experience riding that turtle? Yes, it is. It is. Um, So... It talks about the tuna boat I was on. I was on uh, three different tuna boat trips. They used helicopters to spot the tuna. And uh, I would go in and, and help get the dolphin out of the net. And ran into, crashed me into a giant, I was riding a dolphin, he crashed me into a giant, giant turtle, rode him around for a while and pulled him up on the boat for, for a little while with us and was just amazed by this beautiful creature. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's the title. Chapter 13, Turtle Rider. It's the whole story there, so... Well, is that one of your favorite stories? Is there one of your stories you'd like to share with the readers to give them a little sort of peek into this book? Well, they're they're all exciting. Some are a little, uh, oh, what do I want to say? There, there's a lot of close calls I have. There are a lot of flights that end in tragedy. Uh, I I probably say my favorite is Mike the Monkey. Uh, it's a monkey I made friends with when I was in the jungle in the Philippines, and it just, it's a great story. My kids' favorite bedtime story. They loved it. 
uh, but I'm also kind of fond of Ed the Elephant, an elephant I met in the jungles of Myanmar who became a good buddy. And uh, Mike the Monkey would make you laugh. Ed the Elephant would probably make you cry a little bit. Was it hard to choose what you put in this time? Yes, you know, it was. I, I actually, like I said, I could really probably write two more books with all the stories I have. I just picked out what I thought were the most exciting and uh, just the cool adventures that I had in my life. Uh, but yes, it was. I had to sit down and really, and then put them where I wanted them. And I was a little concerned. They're kind of just thrown around. The Part of the book is, uh, is about my travels. Growing up as a kid, being a Navy brat, you know, a military child. And uh, we moved a lot. So that's in sequence, each move I have as a kid. But my stories are just thrown in at different times. There's no, no particular order. But that's what I liked about it. I picked up, I, wa- I didn't want it to be boring. Let's say I didn't want to just tell my life story. So I just threw these stories in occasionally just to make the, the book more exciting. And I hope it turns out like that for everyone. Well, I feel like I'm talking to Indiana Jones. How do you get involved in all these adventures? Well, you know, it just uh, it's funny you say that. Somebody just said the other day, your book is like a cross between Indiana Jones and Forrest Gump. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. But I just, just the chances I've had is when I started flying, uh, you know, it was a real struggle to, to fly when I was younger because it was just a different time. Uh, Vietnam War was just ending and the pilots were a dime a dozen. And it was very hard to fly, but my childhood dream, you know, I just had to do it. And when I began to fly, I just kept getting these opportunities to go to these places and do these things. And, and of course, I jumped at every one of them. And it's, it's, been, it's been quite a life. And I, I, one of those lives I can honestly say, uh, you know, I, 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 let's say I, I won't ever say, gee, I wish I would have done this. I've done just everything I wanted to do. It sounds like it. Was there a favorite profession that you had? It sounds like being a pilot was, was the favorite thing that you did. But good night, you've done so many other things. The tuna boat, you've been a firefighter, the police, TV news. Yeah, the, you know, the news and the movies and stuff like that, that's kind of cool. It's Hollywood. But I have to tell you, firefighting was the, just the most exciting. I mean, yes, flying is great, but anybody can fly. But to be able to stick a, a long line bucket on there, take water and drop it on fires and fight these fires and see things, you know, see that you're doing some damage, you're winning. Uh, that, I have to say, was the most exciting and most, most fun flying I ever had. And I, I want to go back and do it again before I get too old. How did you get involved with firefighting? Well, I was actually working for a company in Southern California that were, they were kind of involved in everything, you know, making movies and TV commercials and power line construction and patrol and stuff like that. And I was just offered a, ch- a chance to go when I started flying and just, you know, go out and train a little bit. You do a lot of flying. You fly, you know, shuttle people around and whatnot. <clears throat> but you have to carry a lot of things up to mountains and long line them down in between trees. And they stick a bucket on you and let you practice and get used to it. And holy cow, is it fun. It's just, it's just so exciting. It's like fighting, a, you're like a bomber pilot in a war. And it's, it's exciting, it's dangerous, uh, but you really see you're doing something. You're helping people and saving lives and property. And, uh, it's just it's exciting. Maybe that's why I have a little gray hair also, but I like it. <laughs> well, you know, we've all seen those news clips of the planes and the firefighters, and it looks exactly the way that you say it looks. I mean, and to me, it's so... I don't think I could do that. I don't know if I'm brave enough because it does look so dangerous and so adventurous. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's a funny show because I think that's probably one of the the attractions to it. The danger, even though it's it, it's you know, there are times I actually you always hear these stories of pilots talking about their knees shattering so you know badly to bruise their knees. That that actually happens. I mean, you get into situations like, what the hell am I doing here? You know, and um, and then you get out like you you really don't think about it all the time while you're doing it. When you get back later, you start thinking, what did I just do? Did you have a target audience in mind for this book, Craig? Well, actually, it was kind of, I just thought, every, any, anyone. But, you know, there's a little bit of language in it. There's some, uh, maybe it's not, of course, for children. There, there are some stories in there that are great for children, I think. <clears throat> but it's just an adventure book. It's, you know, I, I don't want to, it's really not a biography. I guess it kind of is, but it's just, they're just stories. They're just great stories. And I think anybody who's into adventure and travel, this of course aviation people, uh, but there's a lot of drama, there's excitement, there's, you know, has a happy ending. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of comedy, there's a lot of cute stuff in it. So it's kind of wide open. It's a really wide uh, market, I would think. You started telling stories to your children because you said, I read in the first part of the book that you said you had three storybooks and that you, you would just read those sort of over and over and you finally got tired of it. And so you started making up stories. Is that really how this got started? Yeah, well, they weren't really made up stories. They were just, they were my true life stories. But yeah, I had three books. I think it was Peter Pan, Cinderella, and Snow White. You know, just little, you know, Disney books. And, you know, you can only read those so long and the kids get tired of them. And they, of course, I was in Japan. Those are the only English books I had. And they know those by heart pretty soon, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah now we know the next part. Skip that. Skip it. Let's go to this part, right? So so I just started telling adventures. Of course, I didn't tell them all the, the gory things that happened and the, the people who, you know, had tragic endings and whatnot until they were much older. But I had plenty of stories to tell them. And, and basically, that's how it all started. And people were hearing these from my kids. And, well, tell me about this story. And you did this. And you really did that. You know, they'd always say, like in Japanese, they say, Uso, I don't believe that. You didn't do that. And I'd say, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I really did. So. But yeah, that's pretty much how it started. You know, when somebody picks up the book and they they read it from cover to cover or they read it on their Kindle or whatever, when they finish, when they put it down for the very last time, do you want them to just leave feeling entertained by all of the stories that you've written or that you've shared about your life and about the, the things that you've done? Or is there something different, something deeper that you'd like for them to take away? Oh, I don't really have any deep thoughts. I, of course, I'd love them to enjoy the book, but I, I'm finding, I, I want everyone to just enjoy it. I want them to be gripped. I want them to be, I want them to cry. I want them to be, you know, uh, laugh. I want them to laugh. Uh, I, I want them to get the excitement, like kind of like you said, like an Indiana Jones story where there's fun in it and there's excitement and a little bit scary. Um, but I want them to go away, and I, I, I've had a couple of people say things like, what an awesome book. And the most, the most things that people say to me is, did you really do all that? I can't believe you've had that many adventures in your life. And I, I guess that's kind of what I want them to go away with, just like, wow, you know. Well, and maybe inspired to have some of their own adventures. Well, that's, that's you know, that's, I'm glad you said that, Cheryl, because I guess that's a little deeper part I could have said. But um, my children were the same. You know, they grew up, I traveled my whole life growing up. My children grew up here in Japan, only those, to the you know, one elementary school, one junior high, one high school, then off to Hawaii to college. And 
they both have the same they they both have that same desire now they want their own adventures and i want them to i want them to go out and and do whatever they want to do so yes i i guess that's a a great uh idea a great uh, something a great i would like people to go away with they know you can do whatever you want to do i i did my childhood dreams and i lived a wonderful exciting life so you can do it too and you know you've got to put yourself out there and when the opportunities present themselves you have to have enough self-confidence to jump in there and give it a shot exactly there's nothing you can't do there's there's you can do anything you want to do but you know you always hear people say you know if you want to do it bad enough you can do it well it's really true it really is true and of course you have to if anybody goes into the book look at chapter nine good old mom my mother is the person who is the in the back of the book that says the special person in my life helped me uh, reach my dreams and mom was like that to me you know just get your foot in the door you can do this you can do anything you want just do it and she had to almost slap me across the head to get me to go to put my foot in the door in a position in a helicopter company that actually got me going wow good for her congratulations mom yeah so that's a real good matter of fact my my sister and brother both they they asked me after who was a special person i said it was mom and they both started crying oh oh that's pretty cool well, let's let our listeners know where they can find the book. Now, I went to Amazon, and it's really easy when you go to Amazon. I just clicked on the book search feature and put in the title, Turtle Rider, and then put your name. And we, I want to spell your name because I misspelled it when I was sending you an email, and I want to make sure our listeners get it right. It's Turtle Rider by Craig, C-R-A-I-G-W-O-O-T-O-N. Yes, that's right. And then you click on it, and there's there are two options. There's the Kindle version, and then there's a hardback version. And you could read a really, really, really nice excerpt. It's very well done, and that's a that was a good choice to put in there. Um, Thank you. So that's all that they have to do. Where else could they find it? I believe it's on Author House's website. Is that correct? Yes. Excuse me. Yes, it's on... Uh author house it's on amazon and barnes and noble but also there are three versions uh cheryl there's a paperback hardback and the kindle oh excellent so do you have a website for the book craig actually i have just my my email i'm I'm actually setting up another one i'm on facebook craig wooten on facebook and i'm i'm also at uh craig c-r-a-i-g at catnet c-a-t-n-e-t dot jp and anyone's welcome to to uh, email me there but like i said you can find me on facebook and i'm like i said in the i'm in the process of setting up a, a complete site just for the book itself now you mentioned a video is that one of the things that you plan to put on the website yes it's actually going to be out soon i just had to make some corrections to that uh but yes that will be on my site and i'm not sure where else that's going to be right now I, i'm I'm not really sure. Yeah, I can't tell you that one. But I bet that our listeners could Google you, and it would oh, yeah. take them right to everything that you're doing. Yeah, YouTube. It's. I know that's going to be on YouTube, so Perfect. easily go there. Craig, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking your time to talk with us here on Inside the Writer's Cafe. Oh, my pleasure. I really. It's, it's been great talking to you, too. You're listening to Inside the Writer's Cafe 
on webtalkradio.net. Jim Jacobs spent more than 18 years in the military. Part of the time he was working as an emergency medical technician. He also spent three years doing volunteer work in a nursing home and then another six months volunteering in a battered women's shelter. Jim is joining me today to talk about his book, From Light into the Abyss. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's our pleasure to have you. And you know, whenever our listeners hear our authors talk about their books, I think it's really important that they understand why the the author chose to write that book because let's face it it's no small task sitting down to write any book so what inspired you or what caused you to write from light into the abyss well uh from the outset i uh, always had an interest in writing a book but i was never quite certain uh, what type of book it would be i thought initially it might be a uh, memoirs about myself, but uh, at the same time, I was also trying to familiarize myself with uh, the laptop uh, uh, so that I could begin to write a book. And so, if you will, I was quite ignorant to the applications and the use of the computer, despite having a brief uh, introduction of it in uh, college. Uh, I didn't really start using the computer until I was uh, snowboarding down in Florida, and that was just restricted at that time to Facebook as well and my chatting back and forth. But in any event, while I was uh, experimenting with my computer, I wanted to get to know what Skype was all about, and in the process uh, of trying to get that application up and running, uh, I had no sooner... Uh, saw, I no sooner saw that on my computer screen and this lady appears on the computer and she introduces herself as a uh, young woman from Ghana that is going to nursing school and uh, I asked her why she happened to pick me out and she just said she was roaming the, the internet and discovered my name and she was looking for some friends because uh, most of the people that were going to that school, of course, didn't uh, speak her language because she was from uh, Sweden, I believe she said. And as a consequence, she uh, was thirsting for some friendship. So I, being uh, a little bit ignorant here uh, and not knowing anything about scamming, I uh, agreed to have a friendship with her just like I had a friendship with other people on the Facebook. So I thought it was innocent enough where, um, although I, innocent, I was still guarded uh, to take this person on, but I did in any event. And as a result, uh, one thing led to another, and before you knew it, uh, within a matter of a couple months, I was sensing that uh, something was amiss here and that uh, this just was not an ordinary, innocent young lady going to nursing school, but that perhaps it uh, entailed much more than that. And so as a consequence, uh, maybe three months into our introduction, I began to suspect that she was indeed a scammer. And so it kind of took off from there. Wow, what an experience. 
that's one of those things that we that at least I've heard about but never followed pray to and let me knock on wood so that was the real impetus to start the book yes it was um, I got to say that uh, uh, once I found out that she was indeed scamming uh, and of course I did end up sending her a computer which is in the book the reason why and uh, as our relationship went on, she began to become more demanding as far as needing money. So I would send her money uh, because it, she always came up with a reason as to why she needed the money. It was uh, not so much uh, in the way of uh, currency at the time, but as, as we went into the uh, relationship, and talking, um, I decided that at the uh, at that point in time that uh, this was a scammer, and because she was a scammer, I was going. I was bound and determined to find out what their identity was, who, where their location was, and uh, what kind of involvement they had with any other entities. Uh, because uh, it finally rang a bell that uh, all of a sudden I was starting to learn that this gaming business was big, big-time money. So uh, I was going to be relentless in staying with this person until I found out who they were and, of course, where they lived. And so uh, I did that, and it took me almost a year to track them down because they had me going to various countries using different IPs, which is uh, Internet Protocol, I believe. And so tracking them down became quite a uh, uh, a task for me. But uh, in the end, almost a year later, I was finally able to identify them and their location, and uh, we went from there. Wow. So tell me about the title of the book. It's From Light from, into the Abyss. What does that mean? Well, that means that um, the abyss being the darkness, I was, at the time that I met her, I considered myself in the light. And usually scripture will detail, well, if you're with God and with Christ, you're in the light. But if you're not uh, saved by Christ, then you're you're still in darkness. So I was uh, considered myself a, a reborn Christian, and as a result, I came from darkness into the light. Uh, and the light re- meaning it revealed God's word to me, and it spoke to me. And as a result, uh, the more I grew in my rebirth and Christian life, the more light that shined upon me as far as revealing his word and what it was saying to me. So when I picked light into the abyss, I was in the light then. But when I met her, I went from the light and she took me into the darkness or the abyss in her world. And her world wasn't restricted just to camming, but also a wet camming as a uh, live sex model. And unbeknownst to me at the time, because she kept insisting that she was single, uh, her husband was behind this as well. And uh, so they had their own webpage. So it went from scamming to live sex camming that I was introduced to. Uh, Not right away. I had to almost pull it out of her to, to be able to get 
an idea and uh, as to where where she was or what she was doing. So she finally relented and gave me her uh, website name, and that opened up another door. And from there, uh, of course, uh, the subtitle also uh, mentioned uh, college youth behaving badly. That also being on the Internet, also something that was in the abyss, also something that uh, young college youth are doing to uh, apparently pay off their student loans, which is a moral issue, which I address in the book, as well as other things uh, that are contained in the book that have an effect on our society as a whole, and that's, that is morality, or immorality, if you will. And uh, so it, it's just a whole host of things that I discovered just by starting out with the scam and then it led me into other uh, parts of the internet that were what I consider the abyss. This is really your that was something I wasn't used to. This is really your true life adventures, sort of cyber adventures, isn't it? Uh, very much so. Yes. Why don't you give us an overview of what the rest of the book is about? Well, in the book, I address uh, prostitution as a whole. I address uh, pimping and uh, women who are either coaxed into that business by these pimps, and they're usually young, impressionable girls. Uh, I address all uh, these immoral issues, such as um, spousal abuse, uh, human sex slave trafficking, uh, the uh, political um, uh, political. Here we go again. I missed out on that one. <laughs> it's all right. I'm looking for that word that's in there. Chicanery, I believe, is the chicanery, word you use in your yes. description. Political chicanery. Uh, we talk about political chicanery. Uh, we talk about uh, uh, people of interest, such as uh, some of our politicians and, and people that have made a name for themselves. Um Al Sharpton is one. Um, Jerry Brown would be another one, even though he's, I believe he's the governor of California yet. Um, there was uh, Louis Farrakhan of the uh, Nation of Islam. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, he is addressed. And uh, these, I, I chose these people because of um, what they do not stand for, and in, we'll use um, Sharpton, Al Sharpton as a case in point. Uh, usually when he makes uh, the news media, it's usually that he is uh, marching against uh, oppression from what he considers the white people or people of authority like the police. And you always see him out there demonstrating with these folks when something like that happens. But... Uh, he, usually when something happens to someone who is of white color, I never see him out there protesting that. And to me, that kind of, and he's supposed to be a Baptist minister, and to me that doesn't speak well for him being a minister because he shouldn't be taking uh, issue with any color. But if he is for justice, then the justice has to be equal. It can't just be one-sided. So I kind of use that as an example 
and I kind of uh, make the statement to him, well, he ought to be ashamed of himself. And, of course, I challenge all of these folks that what we should have is a revival, just like uh, Louis Farrakhan had when he had a million-man march to Washington, D.C., that we should have more than a million-man march, and I join them get gladly to uh, protest all these inequalities, uh, including abortion, uh, same-sex marriage, um, uh, prostitution itself, where it doesn't involve a a pimp. Uh, I address what is on the Internet and what, why it is allowed to be showcased on the internet why our government isn't doing something about it because i believe that even children teenagers can get on this internet and at any given time be led to one of these sites and the minute you're led to one of these sites it's almost as if you're going to be hooked because these people that are involved with uh campsites uh we're talking owners that also um i address uh, persuade these girls to come on live campsites with the big, uh, with the thought of earning a lot of money. And what they're actually doing is barely making minimum wage. Most of them, there are some on there that do make big money, but in all cases, all they're doing is degrading themselves and uh, having a low self-esteem. After all, it's really said and done. But then you you go from, uh, it seems to me like they take them from live cam sites. Then they all, uh, if they're good enough, they shuffle them out to L.A. And it leads from soft porn into hard porn. Uh, And it just, to me, is that is a very immoral thing that we should be, uh, we as American people should be uh, accepting on on the Internet. If our listeners, uh, are, if I our listeners, these, I'm sorry. If our listeners are interested in finding your book, I want to make sure that we let them know where they can find it. Now, I found it when I went to Amazon, and I just the name of the book is "From Light into the Abyss" by Jim J I M Jacobs J A C O B S and all our listeners have to do on Amazon is put that information in the book feature and click on it and your book comes right up and it's got a very very nice excerpt right there is there somewhere else that our listeners could find your book Jim I understand that Author House offers it as well Yes. And, uh, is it, it in, can be ordered. I'm sorry. Is it in Barnes and Noble as well? Barnes and Nobles. It's not in the store per se, but if they go to the store, Barnes and Nobles can order it for them. Now, I believe I also saw it on um, AOL, but uh, that was never mentioned to me as a place where a person could purchase the book. So I'm a little uncertain as to whether or not they can get that book on AOL. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I know it goes on Amazon, but I'm not sure about AOL as well. Now, are you on social media? If our listeners yes. wanted wanted to find out more about you? Uh, yes, I am. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Well, the, the listeners, uh, those very interested in it, can uh, follow me on Facebook. 
under Jim Jacobs. Uh, there are uh, I try to do daily uh, taking extracting a portion of the book out and um, writing it on WordPress and then uh, publishing it on Facebook. And uh, by so doing, they get some form of idea as to what is in the book itself. Great. And uh, I also kind of give my personal thoughts on there. Good. And the the strange thing about Facebook is that the book is, even though the book is published and written, I know that these uh, criminals, I call them, uh, continue to follow me. On Facebook, they morph themselves as somebody uh, with a different name, and what they're doing is they're shadowing me uh, to try to uh, garner more information about what it is, what's in my head and what it is that I'm writing about so they can get a heads up to offer an excuse or to deny that they are the actual uh, criminals in this uh, endeavor. But I know for a fact that they are, and when I catch them and, and ferret them out of Facebook, then, of course, they don't show up anymore. But they will morph into somebody else. So uh, it continues to be a cat-and-mouse game between me and the uh, 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 scammers. Wow. Jim, thanks so much for being our guest today. Very interesting, and I wish you the best with the book, and I'm so glad you could join us. Well, thank you very much, uh, Cheryl. I appreciate this. Our time is up, and we'd like to thank you for yours. Remember, pick up a good book and read.